open up your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, some of you, I've shared with you before uh, that uh, when I was um, younger, um, when I was in elementary school and uh, junior high and high school, I collected baseball cards. And uh, there's something great about baseball cards or, or any kind of cards. Can you get the pack? And uh, you're super excited. We used to go, uh, my dad used to take us uh, on, because he was German, you needed to get your sausage and cheese every uh, Saturday. We'd go to this little mini mart type thing in downtown Santa Barbara. And uh, many times I'd get to buy uh, a pack of baseball cards. And uh, when um, when you uh, o- open it up, there's something exciting about it. You're looking for that one card of your favorite player or the best player or, you know, whatever. And you're, you're looking at them and uh, you, you open up the pack of cards and uh, you, you see someone's name and you go, oh, who is that guy? I don't care about that one. And then you throw that one aside and then you're, 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 you're going through them and, you, and uh, you're, you're looking and, and most of them are players that aren't that good or you've never heard of before. But then you find that one card and you, you get so excited. It's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's a card that's worth it. it. It's a card that keeps you coming back type thing. And so I, I think about that. And uh, frankly, most of the cards that I have, uh, they even have a word for it. It's a common card. It's not worth anything. And uh, I, I think about that often because... Uh, when it comes to uh, anything that we do, we're looking uh, for the, the reason that we keep going. We're looking for that one thing that makes it worth it. And uh, maybe today, uh, as you struggle with whatever's going on in your life, maybe you're struggling with that. Uh, what is it that makes it worth it? What is it that uh, keeps me going on and on? What, what, what makes me come back? Uh, you know, I'm so thankful that people come to Bear Valley Church. I don't take that for granted. But the idea for us is what keeps coming uh, back to the Lord. What, what causes us and drives us uh, to want to know Him and to know Him more. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning is uh, really the worth of s- salvation uh, what makes it worth uh, us spending our life and digging. Um, we're going to take a look at this great salvation that we have so that we might gain courage to persevere in all that God has, a, has called us to today. Um, so if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you. Uh, read to you from chapter 1, and I'll be looking at starting in verse 10 this morning. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to, uh, to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating uh, when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glory. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things uh, that they have now an, been announced to you through through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things in which the angels long to look. 
God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning. We realize we're needy people, uh, not to the degree that you know us to be. Uh, God, you see us clearly. We see uh, just a, a bit. Um, God, we ask that you would thrill us with the salvation that comes from you and you alone. God, I pray you would do your work in us now through your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Dave, you want this higher or lower? It's good? Okay, great. Um, this morning we're going to see really seven things, uh, the greatness of our salvation. And uh, if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've been talking about salvation. We've been seeing how great it is. Uh, I realized that this morning that uh, some of us are still thinking this through. We're still thinking this through. Maybe you haven't bought into all that Christ is and haven't uh, said, I am a follower of Jesus. I believe in uh, Jesus' death and his resurrection. I trust in that, not my own works. Maybe you're not there yet. Uh, but this morning, thank you for being here. And I'd ask that you'd consider uh, what Jesus has done, uh, both in history and as the plan of God unfolds and how you might be included in that. This is concerning this salvation uh, as he's been talking about this. And why is this such a great thing? Why is this such an amazing thing? Think about the context. If you look at uh, the intro to the book, it says, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, to those elect exiles in the disper- of the dispersion. And then he goes on, according to the foreknowledge of God and sanctification of the Spirit, that these are the ones that are uh, kind of spread out spread out in this area. They're a small group of people. We know from the, the, this particular book that they were suffering. They were suffering. They were being persecuted. And when you're suffering, when you're persecuted, when you're sick and tired or whatever, there's sometimes a question in our heart whether we should keep going. Uh, over a long period of time, there, uh, as depression sets in and uh, our, our strength runs out, we ask the question, should we keep going? And so this morning, he turns really to the gospel and he says, let's consider or concern ourselves with this salvation. And I want to tell you this morning, that this is the gist of the message. To be saved by Jesus Christ is way better than you think it is. It's way better. And it's, and it's worth for us as God's people to keep staring at it over and over again, to be excited about it, to, to realize and to search and to seek and to think about the riches that we have in Jesus. So often um, we get bored. We get bored with the things of God. We get bored with them. And, and that, that's hard for me to say as a pastor. I, I would even say that of my own heart. We get bored of the grace of the gospel, that we've been forgiven. The first song that we sang this morning uh, said, My debt is paid. It is paid in full. What an amazing truth. That, that all the sin debt that we've ever committed, things we did last week, Many years ago, the things that will come up, my debt is paid. It's paid in full. And for us this morning to really concern ourselves and and think through 
the salvation that comes from Jesus according to the plan of God. So this morning, we're just going to walk through this passage, seven things um, that about we should consider about our salvation. The first thing is that it was foretold. Uh, if you look down at verse 10, it says, the prophets who prophesied, the prophets who prophesied. And I believe that to be, uh, there were prophets in the New Testament uh, that spoke the word of God, but also in the Old Testament, there were prophets who spoke to the people, but they also spoke, there's a a great theme of the prophet's work is a Messiah that was to come. That that they spoke of this, I think especially we're going to get in here after Thanksgiving, we're going to consider the birth of Christ and what what a huge deal in the birth of Christ. I want you to get this, this is important. Jesus didn't just be born. He he wasn't just uh, uh, a child of a mom. He didn't have a birth like ours. And you say, oh yeah, you know, they talk about the virgin birth. It's much more than that. It's much more than that. It's that his particular birth was spoken of many years before. It was foretold. And so you say, well, that must be some kind of trick or miracle or something. Uh, It's not just a miracle. It's more than a miracle. It, it, It shows the plan of the father worked out in his son. When you see a plan come together, you have to say to yourself, oh, whose plan was it? Uh, and as we look at the, uh, the Old Testament, as they pointed back and they thought of Jesus, they had to think this one thing, that Jesus came at, according to the plan. It's prophesied about. Those prophets, in the midst of their message to the people at the time of what God was saying, they said this, and there's a Messiah coming. It's going to be a big deal. He's going to be like this. It's going to come according to this type of plan. As we look at this, we realize that these prophets or chosen mouthpieces of the Old Testament had a theme, and it was Jesus. And so we, we realize that this salvation that we had was prophesied about him many years before as you think about this, um, maybe you're a skeptic here this morning and you say, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus. Well, when you say you don't believe in Jesus, what are you saying? Are you saying that he didn't come? <clears throat> he did come. He, I mean, there's, there's no reason to deny that he didn't come. And, and, and the idea of talking about what historically he did, even going to the cross, you can look to the Old Testament and put together pieces of the story and realize that Jesus, that Jesus was part of a plan that, that you didn't put together, that Rome didn't put together, that God had put together and he was working out in his son. So very important for us to get that piece. This is what our salvation, it, it was part of the foretelling of the message of the prophets. Um, sometimes we think of prophets as kind of, uh, I don't know, like fortune tellers or something like that. And they weren't. Uh, they were just simply sharing the message, sharing the message from God to the people. They were, you know, at best a mailman, right? They were bringing the message. They're bringing the message. And so 
that's what we look at. We see in the prophets, they prophesied about this salvation. It tells us something about the message as well. It was a message of grace. You, you see that it was foretold. Now we see that it is a message of grace. Now, uh, if you were God, be really bad. Um, if you were God and you were working out your plan of how you were going to, uh, you, you had people that you wanted to be with for eternity, you were putting heaven together. How, how would you decide who's going to be in heaven with you? How would you do that if you were God? Or if I was God, uh, I think it's I, I think it's very simple. Uh, it's very very much like a baseball team, right? Playing at recess, you're up against the backstop. Well, I like him. Bring him over here. He hits really well. Uh, he's nice to me. Like, and you're kind of pulling people in, and you're you're overlooking others because they're not very good, they're not very attractive, they're not very kind, and you're just kind of picking the people you want to pick. Right? That's the way you would do it, right? That's not the way he did it. It's grace. It's grace. And I, I want to tell you that this is uh, just one word, really, in this passage, but it's something you should really think through all the time. Grace. Well, what does grace mean? Well, it means that God chooses you and blesses you apart from you deserving it. Think about that. Apart from you deserving it. it. It's that you weren't deserving of it, but he gave you something that you didn't deserve. This is the message of salvation. You're sinful. You're sinful. Some of you think right now, well, I'm not as sinful as some other people I know. You're also not as good as some other people I know, right? We really knew the truth, right? And some of you would be embarrassed, right? We'd be embarrassed if everyone knew all the sins that we have thought and done and been a part of, right? And so, so it's a message of grace. It's not like we think about things. It's the way God thinks about things. And so he extends the hand of salvation and he draws people to himself based on his grace, his gracious act towards us. This is the salvation that is spoken of in the scripture. This is the only salvation that saves. It's based on grace. We were not good enough. And you say, well, what does that mean? Uh, It means that, and this passage is going to go right into the, the idea of holiness, holiness or righteousness. Really, holiness is the big word used here over and over again. Holiness means perfect, perfect, set apart, unpolluted from sin, set apart. And that's what we need to be. And you say, there's a problem. Yes, that is the problem. We are not holy. And how do you make that which is not holy, holy again? Has to be from outside, outside. And that's where the grace comes in. It's a message of grace. This morning, um, as you think about this, uh, even the way it's worded here in the grammar, it says about the grace that was to be yours, to be yours. 
Uh, it's the, the grace or the salvation that was going to be now your personal possession. It's going to be yours. It's a gift that you have. Uh, really, the idea here, too, is that which you were destined for. As you look at the plan of God, you realize that as part of his plan, your life was in there. Very small part. Very small part. Some would even say common, right? I was common. I wasn't a superstar in the plan of God. And yet, we get his grace. It's the thing that we were destined for. He he sought to draw us to himself and use him, use us and bring us into part of his plan. It's an amazing truth. As you start putting this together, I want to encourage you that this salvation that he has extended to you is bigger than yourself. It's huge. Um, you, you know, uh, we always do this with celebrities and who, whose birthday is it today, you know? And we're always uh, connecting people, you know, your birthday is with this celebrity. And, the, you know, if you'd put your name in there and they'd put it on the internet, they would, people would read it and they'd go, oh, this person, this person, this person. Who's this? Who's this? Nobody knows us. No, we're not, we're not famous. We're not famous people. And yet, as you start looking at the picture of salvation, you realize that this salvation that I have a part of was prophesied long ago. Part of the plan of God, really, for all of history. This was the plan. And that at this message that now that I receive is what? Grace. Grace. And it's grace that I am destined for, that I am, is now my possession, that now I get this amazing part of grace and part of his plan. I'm, I'm part of the story of prophecy because I received this salvation based on grace. Uh, I want to encourage you, um, never think of yourself as good enough for heaven. It's a bad deal. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Uh, as you live your life, you, you need to go through this process over and over again. I am not worthy. Why? Because of my sins, the things that I have done. Not because of my mom and dad's sins. They got their own problems. It's not because of the, the country I live in or the great Kern County that I'm a part It's not because of any of those things. My problems have to do with me. But the grace of God covers me. The plan of God was worked out in my life through His Son, Jesus. So you need to work these things through. And, and why can you be confident? Why can you be confident? Because of the grace. Because of the plan of God worked out uh, in, in His Son, Jesus. And so we see that this great salvation was foretold of. It was grace. And thirdly, it's a worthy effort. Worthy effort. I say effort because if you continue on in our passage, it says searched and inquired uh, this is what the prophets did. They searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ uh, in them was uh, indicating. I look at this and I go, this is so hard for me to get. So picture yourself as a prophet in the Old Testament. And uh, 
God's working in your life. The spirit of Christ is pushing out the message really of, of Christ, the message of the Messiah. It's pushing that out in you. And you, I got to tell this. I know this is from God. And yet uh, they don't know what's going to happen. The prophets were limited. They were limited. And it says of the prophets in this passage that they, they, it uses two words here. It says they searched and inquired, searched and inquired. You you picture this. They get this message and they don't know all the details, but they want to know it. They want to. And so this idea that they're searching and thinking through the Old Testament, that which they've known and that which the rabbis have taught, they're putting it all together and they're searching and they're thirsting to know more, even of the message that they're sharing. Why? Because it's so great. It's so great. Rarely does this happen in school, does it? Man, I just got so excited about what they were teaching in math today. I just was like, I was like looking up other things. It was so exciting. You know, man, the geometry was thrilling today. Can I get more? Can I get more? And and, and it's this idea that the message the prophets received, they they just wanted more. Why? Because it was such so great of a message. I, I think about this and I read this now and I go, the prophets had a better picture uh, of the of salvation than I did, right? They maybe they had a more accurate picture of what they knew, and yet, what did they want to do? I want more. I want more. And I think about the the salvation. Even if we don't understand what they were searching for, it says that they were uh, searching for uh, the person or in the time, right? They were trying to put it together, right? They're going, oh wait. Is there, is there a time frame? Is this already on the calendar and we can sort of sort it out in the calendar? When is this going to happen? They were putting that together, even some of the dates and times uh, from the book of Daniel and other places, the, the idea that there, there was a sense of this is going to happen in time. And so they were trying to figure it out. And, and they were trying to figure out the person too. They, they were putting it together. They knew that the Messiah was to come and it was exciting to them. And I want to encourage you um, Probably if you're not excited about uh, what's in this book, it's because you're not reading it. It's not reading it. It, it, it. You think you can do without it. You're not understanding what these words say because it's earth-shaking. And it should cause us, the more we spend time with the Lord, it should cause us to want Him more. It's a worthy effort. Which brings us to number four. Uh, we see Christ's pain and his glory. What was this that they were searching and what was the, what, as they were seeing what Christ would do, they saw really his life in two pieces. His suffering and the glory that came after his suffering. Um, you, you think about this and you, you realize that Jesus' life was uh, as he came, there was just rejection after rejection after rejection. Uh, He was the king of kings, and yet uh, there wasn't uh, really any of the events were acknowledging that. Most of the events were shoving him away and saying, we don't want you. So there was suffering. But as it continued on, uh, the glory that came at the end of his life uh, through the transfiguration 
and through him uh, ascending into heaven, just being gone from here and the glory that will come for eternity. This is really the, um, the history of Christ, his suffering and the glory that comes after it. If that sums up Christ's earthly ministry, and it does, we realize that, that he went through that for the Father. It was the Father's plan worked out in him. But as we're looking at this passage, this is for salvation. Salvation for the Father? No. For you. For you. That as you look at the suffering and the glory, we realize that that Christ played the major role, but he did it for you. He did it for you. Why did he suffer? He, He suffered as part of the plan, but there was a purpose to his suffering. It was that we, who are sinful, would be born again. That we would be uh, ones that are forgiven for our sins, cleansed, paid in full. And so we see Christ's pain uh, and his glory that will be to come. I want to say this in light of uh, who this book was written to, the other suffering uh, believers of Jesus scattered through these areas. Um, we look at this and we realize that they were suffering and many of you may suffer here too, right? You know, many of your family members may think you're crazy and many of, you know, life will not uh, be easy for you as you follow after Christ. And you're maybe asking the question, is it worth it? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, you know, I'm following after God and life's getting hard. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I shouldn't do these things and maybe I should just do my own thing and try to make my life easy. Look at this. If we're followers of Jesus, his life was what? Suffering and glory, the subsequent glory, the glory that comes after. Guess what? If we follow after Christ, there will be suffering at this moment, at this time. There might be the suffering first, but glories will come in time as we follow him. Most of which come in eternity. Glories are to come. That's number four. Number five. Number five. Verse 12. This was for you, not for them. As you think about, as you think about what this message was all about, it was a message that the prophets had for others. Uh, undoubtedly, they had to trust in the Messiah as well. They, they were that. But why is this recorded in Scripture? Why is this message for us here this morning? It was a message because God cared about us. He loved us as part of his plan. And so the prophets were ones who were sharing this message that we would have recorded for us. What? The message of salvation. This message of salvation was not a personal thing for the prophets, but it was a message that God loved us so much that he sent this message through the prophets so that we would know. Um, I want you to see this again. Um, It's the plan of God. It's the plan of God. And when you think through the prophets, depending on how old they are, you know, over 500 years, you know, this is the period of time in there, okay? 
you see in a very long period of time, you realize why, why were they sharing? They were sharing for us. That, that, that when you read about the prophets, I, I want you to hear that God loves you and he's warning you as well as sharing the message with, for you that Jesus is coming. And so as we, we see this, we realize that God had us in view. That, you know, um, I, I think that probably forever, all of culture, every person, every time, we have, they love the message that this is just for you. You're the most important person. We love that message. Uh, you know, some of kids by their fathers love this message. You know, greatest father in the world. Dad, my dad's the best or something like that. You love hearing that. It's not true. It's not true, but it's a convenient untruth, right? It's something that is valuable to you. You go, oh, that's sweet. And, uh, I want to tell you, we are not the most important thing in all of history. We are not. And yet as you look at this, you realize that this group of people, this small group of scattered churches, he's saying, your salvation, your salvation was connected to this prophet's message and the scripture that's been, this is a big deal. It's for you. It's for you. I think that's awesome for us to hear because we realize that in uh, all of eternity, all the, all the people that have been born and uh, you know, all the things that have gone on, God cares about us. He cares. And this message of salvation was important for us to know, so he, he granted us this. Which brings us to number six. It's good news preached. It's good news preached. Now that word preaching, a bad word in our culture. Don't you preach at me. Don't you preach at me. Uh, in the scripture, the word preaching is not a bad word. It shouldn't be at our church either, okay? Um, it's the proclamation of a message. It's a herald, if you will. It's the idea of calling out news that you need to hear. Now, this particular preaching is What? What kind of what kind of preaching is it? it? It tells in the in the message here. As you look at it, in the things that you now announced uh, to you through is preached the good news. The good news. Um, all of us know what bad news is, right? We know, right? Uh, how many of you kind of fear bad news? Kind of fear it, like. When your phone rings, like, like I, I'd rather not have a phone at all. I, I guess it's a necessary evil. But when my phone rings, I immediately, forgive me for being this way, I just go, oh, no. Oh, no. When the, you know, beep, you got a text or something, you go, oh, no. It's got to be bad news. That's just maybe the way I am. But, uh, I. This idea that getting news, like that someone telling you some news, you say, oh, no. I want to tell you that the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ for your salvation, for your salvation is good news. Not for the one saying, but for the one hearing. Good news for you. And so this idea that as you think about preaching, and if you're not a part of Bear Valley Church here, obviously we welcome you. 
But if you're traveling or whatever, find a, a church that preaches the good news of Jesus. And they preach it. They, they give it to you. They don't preach being good and like, you know, picking up trash or whatever good thing that you might do. You should do those things. But that they would preach the good news of Jesus because it's the only message that will save. It's the only message. Good news preached. Uh, it's interesting uh, in this verse, verse 12, it says, uh, the good news preached to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. There's this interesting thing too that the, the Holy Spirit's um, uh, participation and giving the unction to the preacher to empower the message to do what it's supposed to do. Once again, it's not about the one preaching. He's just a messenger. It's about the work of God in the message to penetrate heart. By the way, your cold heart can be penetrated by anything except for God. If the Holy Spirit doesn't work to penetrate your cold heart, it's not going to happen. Um, and most of you agree with that because you, you've seen your stubbornness and your, your pride just a little bit. And you say, yeah, it's a cold-hearted man, right? Cold-hearted woman. And so as part of this good news message, the Holy Spirit, God is working in the message to penetrate the heart with this good news uh, that many would reject apart from that. All would reject apart from the Spirit's work. So the Holy Spirit destined this message for us. And then lastly, uh, number seven, and this this has uh, been a very confusing few words uh, in the book of First Peter. How does it end up uh, talking about this amazing salvation that we have? It says, obtaining the outcome of your faith. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not the right. There it is. Uh, verse 12, end of verse 12, it says this. Uh, the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which the angels long to look. What? I thought we were talking about salvation. The angels know everything, right? The angels are, are know much more. Did something blew up back there? Yeah. We'll get our electrician on it after the service. If it starts smoking... You know, God's really working, and it's a sign to you. No, Scripture's enough. The Scripture's enough. Uh, what was I talking about? Angels. Okay, so. Uh, we struggle with angels, right? We think angels are super powerful, and that angels are better than people, and the wings, and they're flying around, and they have special powers, and this and that. And what does God tell us about the angels through this passage? Well, the word, uh, the picture there, the word that they use is this idea of stooping and looking like this. Checking something out and going, I need to figure this out. It's something super interesting and I'm going to stop and I'm going to look. And this is what it says about salvation for common people like you and me. From Bear Valley Springs. Where's that again? Is that up by Pine Summit? You know, Big Bear or something? No. Uh, there's a funny thing. Last 
last Easter or the Easter before, someone showed up at our church in the middle of the service, and he came up to me after, and he goes, I looked online, and it said Bear Valley Church's service. And he goes, my wife figured it out. It was that church in Colorado, you know, that's called Bear Valley Church. Anyways, uh, this is what the angels are doing. They're, they're looking at salvation, and they go, what? I don't get it. What we know about angels is that angels don't get redeemed. They don't get saved. There's, you know, we, we, we have bits and pieces about what happened uh, in heaven and that there were angels that, you know, fell from heaven and they chose a different way. But, uh, that you know, we have some, some knowledge of what angels that they're, they're elect angels and those who have fallen away. And we realize that from scripture, but it says that the angels are looking at us and our salvation and going, what? I don't get it. You know why? Because they haven't experienced. They, they, they don't get to be saved. They don't understand grace. They're thinking the way we are, right? I wouldn't have chosen them. <laughs> yeah, why don't you pick the good ones? Why don't you pick the good ones? Why are you picking, you know, fill in the name of the people here at Bearbox? Why didn't you, why did you pick them? You, you should have picked people. Why did you pick them? And there's this confusion among the angels, not that they uh, are dumb or whatever, but that grace is so amazing that they look at it and they go, what? I long, they, they long to understand and yet they can't because they have not experienced grace. The angels don't get it because they're never redeemed. They're never allowed grace. Jesus didn't die for the angels. Hard for us to understand. But as we think about this, I, I want to tell you, um, this just adds to it for us. It just adds to it. If the angels want to uh, consider your salvation, shouldn't you? If it's so great, like, it's kind of drawing a crowd, if you will. The prophets are in there. The angels are in there. And they're all going, this is great stuff. And you say, oh, I better take a look at this. This is great stuff. That God would save sinners like me. Just a recap this morning. We have a great salvation. It's not common. It's not boring. It's worthy of our seeking to know it, to suffer for it, and to persevere in it. As long as the Lord gives us breath. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Uh, thank you for so great a salvation. And God, as we consider this, let us never get tired of chasing after and understanding more how good you've been to us. And God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of knowing your word, knowing your thoughts, the prophet's message, the plan that you had, the spirit's work. God, we love it all. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so